coffee time. Started. Warning, this is being recorded. Actually, it's a bit late for that. Yeah. Actually, it's kind of funny because um, the the statement that uh, Cobra just made ended up on the end of your recording, Ken, but on the beginning of my recording. I tried really hard to do that, too. <laughs> and on a side note, I love net or I love uh, time services because uh, oddly enough, my clock was synced with that too. Well, what I like was that uh, Brome earlier kept trying to sneak something in in between everybody's recordings, so he wanted to basically say something that ended up on no recordings at all, and he yeah. only got he only managed to do it once. <laughs> on the other hand, would anybody like to uh, speak out for our sponsor tonight? Donate your bitcoins to address one. Oh, I forget the rest. <laughs> uh, let's see. Donate your bitcoins to short URL B V W H two twenty four three. And I'll just paste a link into the Orca donate as well, which is actually underneath there. They're not accepting bitcoins by any chance, are they? The yeah, ACF yes, is. yeah. If you go, if you go to the ACF dot uh, com address, yeah, he he is actually taking Bitcoin. Now, speaking of uh, encryption and hashing functions earlier, can short URL be thought of as a time based hash function? Mm, I don't think so. Well, I mean, are you asking can it be implemented as one, or are you asking is it one? Well, I, I know it isn't intended to be implemented as one, but technically could it be used as one? Or even thought of as one to some degree. Sorry, I'm a bit confused. What do you mean? Okay, short URL and most URL shorteners are using a sequential um, a sequential note on the end of a URL to allow you to link to a larger URL. So technically, it's entirely dependent on how many people are going through the service and how much time it takes for them to go through the service. So if you were to pick a specific URL, it could be a hash for the specific time that you picked that specific URL. Is it necessarily based on a sequential numbering, though? Or is it based on using entropy from a system? On that, I'm not sure. I, I don't know short URL itself. I have noticed some of them, you'll notice a sequential series. If somebody posts a bunch of links, many of them will begin with the same thing and then going along that same line. So they are to some degree showing some sequential service. Well, they are definitely generated in an order. So, I mean, you know that there's an order to which URLs were encoded when, but you don't necessarily know that the algorithms used to actually implement, to actually generate the short URL are consistently implemented. So I would have to say no, but I would say that it would be possible to do it, to actually have an implementation that can do that. But it, I don't think most of them actually implement it that way at this point. Well, the fact that it's not based on time could actually be to the advantage because you'd have a recording on the server of when the URL was necessarily recorded and a recording of the URL that you have itself, which would essentially give you a time record of the creation of that URL and hence the time at which it was used. Well, the other thing is you don't necessarily know that... Um, yeah, here's one of the problems. 
For any URL that is entered into the shortening algorithm, there would necessarily have to be one. There would have to be one entry for that URL, but you could have many different shortened versions pointing to that one URL. So it's not necessarily a one-to-one -one relationship. It could be a one-to-many relationship or a many-to-one relationship. That is true, but well, you never know. You could also use it in concert with individually crafted URLs to link it between two sites to allow you to note the time, for example. Personally, what I would rather see would be some kind of like a hash hashing algorithm used that maybe does something based on a DNS lookup of the of the URL to get a, a resolution and some other factor to generate a decent seed to actually generate a hash. At least that's the way I would like to see it. I don't think it's I don't think anybody does it that way, but that's how I would like to see it done. That way there would be a better chance of maintaining some anonymity in terms of who links where. And my coffee's ready, so I'll be right back. Addict. When it comes to caffeine, absolutely. You say that like it's a bad thing, man. I just say you can interpret it however you like. I don't think I've ever had this much trouble with mumble before. Hello, people. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, I'm from Singapore, so here is uh, actually afternoon. Um, it's um, going to evening already, actually. Hey, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Where's your beer? I'm sorry? I said it's 5 o'clock somewhere, so where's your beer? Ah, uh, it's uh, 6.09 p.m. Uh, at Singapore. How about you guys? It's four uh, almost 4.10 a.m. here. Just turned. Oh, cool. Wow. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I'm new to Mumble. It's actually my first time uh, joining um how do you tell who is um, currently speaking? Uh, look at the lips, the little lip icon in front of all of the names. You can see the little red lips in front of me right now? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, that means uh, that, that I'm currently the one speaking, the one speaking. Yeah. and you are at the moment, too, because you're holding it down. I see, so it's just that very subtle color difference, right? Exactly. Yeah, the lips will turn red whenever you actually press the button to actually speak. So that's how you know who's speaking. Ah, I see, I see. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, well, um, my vision is actually not good. So um, it took me a while to... Um, I mean, there's like 30 names in my screen, and uh, to find out who is talking, um, if it's just based on colors, it's uh, actually quite hard for me. <laughs> Uh, you may be able to put in a higher contrast icon set. I'm not sure on how Mumble is formed, but oh, I would guess one? it wouldn't cool. be that hard. Uh -huh. there, there are some other oh, theme sets for Mumble. Um, but the oh, other thing is, I think you can actually use the um, some of the voice uh, notification stuff. But if you're going to use that, then you want to um, be using a, a pair of headphones with it so that the voice notifications don't come back through your microphone. Ah, I see. Yes, uh, Mumble can take skinning, so that might be something to look at, is either creating a skin of your own 
or looking for one that's higher contrast, maybe larger. Uh, what, is, what are your vision impairments? Okay, cool. Uh, very cool. I just plug in the uh, headset. Um, um, yeah, so um, uh, um, I have a glaucoma, so, uh, which means that um, um, I have um, many more blind spots than normal people do. Um, so um, I regularly miss the mouse cursor. <laughs> I set it to as, as big as possible, like a comics cursor, because that's the biggest that I can find. And for fonts, um, it's probably like, I don't know, size 14 or 16 right now. Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, I use Orca on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, basically, without it, um, it's very hard to, <laughs> to even use computers for me. <laughs> so, yeah. Wonderful. It's good. It's good to hear you here today. Oh yeah, cool. Thanks. <laughs> Glad to be here. Um, yeah, I actually wanted to be here. Um, I mean, I mean, um, to join uh, last year, but uh, last year my uh, baby son was just uh, one year old, so it's kind of troublesome. <laughs> yes, familiar with the concept. Uh -huh. um, Mine turned seven months the second. Oh, wow. January second. Yeah, he'll be seven months old January the second. Oh, cool. Is it a boy or a girl? It's a boy. Cool. Um, so, Pokey, are you? Um, were you staying online continuously <laughs> from since the start? I think Pokey went to bed. He's just recording. Yeah, he's he's turned his lips off. Yeah, he he oh, went to okay. bed. He went to bed a, a couple hours ago. Um, uh -huh. I'm actually the only person who's been here every hour so far. Oh, blow your own trumpet, why don't you? No, it's just a oh, fact. Okay. I'm saying a no, fact only. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought I heard Pokey's voice, but um, that's probably not Pokey. <laughs> no, no, I'm it, Cobra too. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, nice to meet you. All those Americans, they all sound the same. Oh, come on now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Get I sound... here, you hear? Yeah, I was going to say, I really do not sound like, like John Doe or Cobra too. No, nah, that just ain't right. You're awful proud of that, aren't you? <laughs> Shucks, we're on here in Hacker Public Radio. Well, all we need to do is uh, go ahead and get stu um, get uh, what's his name on here. The guy who tries to do a southern accent or tries to do a, a, an English accent sounds like a southern bell instead. Who's that, Peter? No, no, no. Um, was it Stuz? No, it wasn't Stuz. <laughs> Was he what? drunk? No, no, no. Um, he's on Dev Random. Not Crayon, not Peter, not Stuz. At Yar. At Yar, that's it, at Yar. I couldn't remember his name, I blanked on it. I haven't yeah, seen him in, in like forever. each other on that show, so you know, hard to know who's, who's who. Well, I also haven't seen him around in months, literally. Hey, Yar's the only one that sounds really annoying when he talks. Oh, that's that's gonna look good in his resume. <laughs> he's I, not I, here to defend himself, so he's fair game. <laughs> I, I never let him live the, the Southern Bell thing down. So, what was the question about Mumble, by the way? Uh, using uh, perhaps a different icon set to make the lips uh, either bigger or more prominent, so that a small change can be easier for low vision users. Yeah, I think we've spotted a bug. Yep. <laughs> Um, so how do you how do you find using Orca? Um, Orca, yeah, it's uh, it's great. Um, 
Orca itself is actually um pretty okay. It's just that mm, there there are a lot of applications that um are inaccessible to Orca, and I don't know whether that I mean um I don't know whether the breakthrough should lie in Orca or in other applications. Yeah, and that's what Jonathan said. He's got to do a lot of figuring out. Is you know when something's broken in Orca versus when it's broken in an application. That's one of the things that he wants to focus on. And maybe when a fix in Orca is breaking the application, or when a fix in the application is breaking Orca. Yeah, and I think he actually said that the um, integration of Orca and Mumble isn't all that great, especially like the the chat area. Uh, he he said you know he can get the stuff read from the chat area, but he can't easily enter text into it. If I can read a comment uh, by Joan Marie Diggs, who's a um, developer of Orca, uh, in comments you know, about the posting that I put up, she says, and I quote, Actually, the real problem is that there are a lot of bugs and missing support in accessibility implementations. Orca can only provide access to what is exposed to Orca. Thus, what we really need is people to fix bugs, and the implementation support in those applications and or to and or toolkits, including but not limited to Oops Thunderbird, Gecko, Evolution, LibreOffice, Java and its ATK wrapper, GNU Cache, AbbeyWord, Audacity, and as we can add today, Mumble. A non trivial number of Orca bugs so that's a non trivial number of Orca bugs in quotes are actually side effects of trying to hack around problems in the aforementioned items. And in some cases, Orca cannot even hack around the problems. Fixing the issues in the items above would make Orca work a lot better and go much further towards accomplishing the goals of the campaign. Also, it would be awesome if the voices used in Orca through speech dispector, for example, eSpeak, sounded far less robotic. That too would be a significant improvement for Orca users and would be a noteworthy achievement for what it's worth. So I wonder, I wonder if it would be worth going through all of the essential dialogues that are available throughout an entire organized distro or an entire default part of the distro, uh, say Debian's first three CDs, and putting those dialogues of speech into the library itself to allow better speech patterns for that. I don't know. To be honest... I don't know enough about how Orca's structured, how it works, and uh, I think one of the things that we can do here in HPR is delve into this and uh, better explain to people, you know, in layperson's terms, what's going on, where the bridge, where it needs the hooks, what it's, uh, what applications are failing and stuff like that, so that we can go to the developers at conferences and go, you know, guys, Orca isn't accessible here. Have a listen to this. Uh, this is what happens over here. This is what happens over here. And the reason it's happening is because you haven't compiled these programs with this flag. So if you turn that on or build in this library or do X, Y, and Z, it would work. How about any chance of you getting that done while we're here, while we have five minutes? And, you know, chances are there's a face then on accessibility and... Um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I want to do. Have HPR people be a thorn in the side of every software, uh, every piece of inaccessible software out there. I also wonder if some of the hacks that have been used to get around the bugs might not cause interference when the bugs do get fixed or when there's an attempted fix. 
So it might be worth looking at providing an unhacked version of Orca to some of the developers for them to test with so that these hacks don't interfere with something they might try to do to fix it. Yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, there there could be dependency regressions that would happen. Um, You might also want to look at the different dependencies and similar and see what versions of Orca might work better with this version of Firefox or what hacks might work to work with this version of Firefox but need to be disregarded on another version. Not that I'm purely going against Firefox, of course. You know, it's, no, it's just an yeah, easy yeah. punching bag. I imagine the Orca support for Internet Explorer is absolutely non, non-functional. Yeah, they need to get on that. I tell you, next time I talk to Steve Ballmer, he's hearing me about that. I just, it's just one of those things. There's no excuse, no excuse at all. There's one um, uh, screen reader in Windows that is um, uh, free. It's uh, NVDA, um, and it sounds um, quite close to Orca, actually. Um, but I, as I understand, they are completely two different projects, I think. Yeah, I've played a little bit with some of the screen readers. Um, there's What's also the one that comes with Windows. Sorry, can you give me the URL for that, please? Um, I don't have the, the URL, again, but the, the, name the name is uh, NVDA. I think it's a non-visual desktop access or something like that. Searching. Oh, oops. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, guys, I, I really like to stay, but um, my son is uh, getting bored and he's uh, <laughs> opening up stuff that he's soon. <laughs> and, Completely yeah, I got, understandable. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Uh, one second, one second. <laughs> I really need to... <laughs> one second, I'll be right back. I have that posted to the channel. Great, thanks, Emil. So she uh, she has actually been in touch. I've been in touch with her because of the uh, the comments on on the blog post, and she's lined up some uh, interviews for me for uh, other uh, other people working on accessibility. As it turns out, this other uh, program for Windows is under GPL version two, so that might be worth looking at for other integration, especially if there were to be integration of Orca with other stuff. Yeah, I think I think we don't know enough about uh, you know where we can mix and match and stuff to see see uh, if somebody could somebody could walk us walk through us. exactly what how these things work and uh, where they hook into um, various different applications and applications. And it uses eSpeak, so it's using the same uh, it's using the same integration engine. It's written primarily in Python and C++. Oh, interesting. That actually sounds a lot like a description of Orca. And it supports PuTTY. That is, uh, that is useful. But this does say on the, the Wikipedia page, it is Windows-only free software. So in other words, it's got some pretty heavy dependencies on, on Windows functionality. Well, more than that, it's probably compiled with Windows binaries and with Windows libraries involved. So that doesn't necessarily... The fact that it's using eSpeak tells me a lot about its backend and similar. So this, for example, might be used instead of Orca for the front end for Windows using the same things Orca does. Because if it's already using eSpeak, it might be easy to change over to something else. You never know. Well, I I mean, eSpeak would be the backend for the audio output, but... The, the part that's going to be Windows-dependent is going to be the actual screen reader itself, the part that's actually reading the, the text off the display. 
and that's where there would be real complications, most likely. Hello, I'm back. Uh, uh, who, who's using eSpeak? NVDA? Uh, NVDA is using eSpeak as its backend for speech synthesis, along with SAPI, according to Wikipedia, at least. Ah, I see. Um, yeah, the, the voices are very similar. Uh, they're really the same voices, so to speak. At least they have integration for Thunderbird. Oh, uh, um, Thunderbird is uh, accessible with NVDA. Yeah, I, I was saying that as more of a joke, considering that's uh, evidently a few bugs in Thunderbird are an issue in Linux, but not necessarily an issue in the Windows and NVDA. So there is some degree of accessibility in there available in Windows because this uses the accessibility for it, but um, that would be something we need to look at in Linux, I, if I understand right. Well, look, ah, I look see, at I this. See. They all say support for free Office suites, LibreOffice and OpenOffice, or requires the Java Access Bridge. NVDA also supports yeah, Firefox. So it looks like there may be some other things in here that could possibly be applied in the Linux area. Maybe that can maybe some of this can actually be used. It's really gonna come down to an API or, or a, a binary program interface layer to actually work all this out. So it's gonna take some real development work. Which means we really need to actually get that funding together for the Accessible Computing Foundation so they can get developers who can work on this. Nice plug. But, but it also opens it up to the possibility that since we have a new speech system for Orca, that speech system also may be able to be implemented here on Windows to allow a similar system to, to uh, go through, to have better voices and to do other similar stuff. That is correct. And admittedly, there's some things that just need to be used on Windows, even if you put it in a window, as the name suggests. Has anyone played with Orca, like, reading from a virtual machine? Uh, it wouldn't be supported unless you actually went through and sc literally scraped the screen with OCR. It, it shouldn't work. It should work in the VM itself, though. Yeah, that's what I meant. Not running a virtual machine, but running inside a virtual machine. Uh, as long as you had at least a dual core around two gigahertz, it should run fine. Or um, I don't know, maybe uh, doing a live USB or a live uh, install it on a portable drive. Uh, wouldn't be a bad idea. I think technically there are speech systems in place to use that. Um, in fact, I think Orca can be used directly off of the. Uh, uh, don't don't they have a live CD for uh, Sonar itself? Good morning. Good night. And the um, Ubuntu, um, the vanilla Ubuntu, um, we can load that on USB and then uh, Orca runs on vanilla Ubuntu. Um, that's what I've been um, using, actually. <laughs> hey, it's if it works for you, that's great. Um, have you tried the persistent system on there, or do you just load it on every time you load? Uh, yeah, it's um, with the persistence. Uh, I think Casper. Um, yeah, Casper is the one. Yeah, it's it's a good system to use, but it does tend to wear out some of the thumb drives. Uh, yeah, um, I, I had it on the uh, external drive, um, but um, the downside is I can't use the um, uh, the 3D graphics on the laptop or on the desktop on the host machine. See, and Jonathan said 3D graphics were not an issue with blind users. 
<laughs> but he's yeah, not blind. I actually don't don't I, I actually don't really use um three D graphics at all, but yeah. Yeah, it's more the issue of what can be recognized by Unity and everything else. He talked about that next, but I thought I'd just make the joke. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, um, but magnification, for magnification, um, I think it does um, make use of the 3D graphics or something. Because I tried it, um, I don't know, I tried Gnome Mac. That might be not the current version. There might be other um, better um, packages. Uh, but Gnome Mac, uh, if I try it on uh, Live um, Drive, um, it would work the first time, but after that, the um, X display would um, would be screwed. <laughs> so when I turn off the Gnome Mac, um, like um, when I want to zoom out, um, the the uh, the zoomed area is still there. Oh, so it doesn't really allow you to zoom in and out properly. Um, have you tried using? Uh, you're using it on the same computer every time, correct? Um, not really, because um, uh, um, sometimes on um, home computer, mostly on my um, office computer. Have you tried going to additional drivers in the control panel and loading additional drivers to see if it can recognize the 3D? Uh, not yet, but yeah, maybe I should try. <laughs> um, keep in mind, even if you move it from one computer to another, it will auto-detect the video, or it's supposed to auto-detect the video and use the driver that pertains to your specific video. Oh, so if I if my home computer and my office computer um, use different models of um, 3D card, um, will it still work that way? Uh, it should work that way. I've seen it work that way in the past. Uh, not too long ago, I had a problem with one of my computers. So I had to take its hard drive and transfer that over to another hard drive. Now that went from a proprietary ATI driver to an open source Intel driver. Absolutely no problem. Uh, most of that has actually transferred over from a project called Knopix, um, wherein oh, cool. a variety of things are loaded over. Knopix, oddly enough, also has a blind interface called, uh, I think it's Adria. Yeah, um, yeah, on Adria. every DVD. Um, but Knopix. They really implemented the live CD ideal and the recognition of any drivers that need to go through before the system boots, and even in a rather quick fashion. And that's been used in Linux distros since, not even just the live ones, but the hard drive installs as well. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I should definitely try that. Thanks so much, Jundo. Oh, no problem. That's what we're here for. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, but Nopix, I actually um, um, tried Nopix for a while before, um, yeah, um, I haven't really checked that, uh, but it has a lot of, I mean, it, it comes with a lot of software in it. <laughs> it does, and a lot of it's very specially selected software, especially when you get the DVDs, because that's, oh, you should have seen, I, I don't know how long you've been using it, but the CDs used to come with so much software. Uh, at one point, the CDs would come with GNOME, KDE, uh, oh, geez, uh, IceWM, and a few other desktop managers all on the one CD. So you could try out all of it in a live environment. Uh -huh. Cool. Uh, yeah, I just wonder with all um, this, um, you know, with all this happening with Ubuntu <laughs> and people switching over from Ubuntu, um, uh, Nopix. 
doesn't seem to get mentioned around a lot, does it? Well, Nopix was not intended to be a hard drive install. And now with the Casper system and similar stuff with Ubuntu, it's not so much an issue as it used to be. It At one point, Nopix was the only system by which you could live boot Linux to a graphical system. Now, almost anything has a live install CD, frankly. So just carrying a single install instance does wonders. Uh, um, and actually, the Adrian um, comes with uh, um, text-only web browser um, uh, earrings, but um, Ubuntu also have earrings, but the um, the ones on Nopix, um, maybe they they do um, additional tweaking to it. So um, the web pages and everything, um, they all seem to display um, properly. I mean, are more screen reader friendly than the um, vanilla e-links from uh, Ubuntu repo. Um, like for example, um, websites often have um, left and right panels, and uh, um, class, uh, Ubuntu version of e-links would um, display the left and right panels together. So when the screen reader um, goes through line by line, um, is actually reading um, the left side and then the right side, and then the left side and the right side is um, not that comprehensible. But the, the ones that come with Nopix, um, the uh, the right panel, the content on the right panel will be displayed um, uh, below the one on the left panel, so there's only uh, one um, panel at a time. So, um, yeah, I just wonder um, what's the special ingredient <laughs> that they put in um, in earrings to make that um, functionality. Right, I've just uh, come special back. Ingredients, uh, the special ingredient with Knopix is that Klaus Knopper's wife is blind, so if it doesn't work, he fixes it. Oh, and yeah, he is, yeah, I heard about that. And, and he fixes things. <laughs> and he is hacker extraordinary. Uh, sleep and stuff. So are you talking welcome back, back. welcome back. Yeah, thanks. Now, keep in mind also, you may be able to go on to the... Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me? ...source right? used on... Uh, yes, yeah, John, we can hear hi. Right. Welcome back to the stream. How are you? Sorry, Don, John, Dave. Dave, isn't it? The it is, cat. yes. Good morning, Ken. The bugcast person, yeah. Isn't it? Dave hey, and dude. Caroline on the bugcast. Yeah, that's us, I'm afraid. With, with kids as well. Say morning, kids. Hello! Hello! Merry Hello, kids! Christmas. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> We were going to come on at midnight, but uh, we were going to come on at midnight, but the everybody was just so tired. Yes, we had that over here as well. Well, we're doing welcome back. So I woke up and I heard voices, so I got up and came back to the computer. At least this time there was an excuse for hearing the voices, eh? <laughs> so Finn, I'm, I'm, I'm a little fuzzy. Did I go all uh, uh, thistleweb earlier, or did I just go away peacefully? Uh, yeah, you, 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 you missed Thistleweb, I think. No, you were drunk, man. You wouldn't believe how drunk you were. Yeah, he's definitely... When I was leaving, or about to, you, you kind of came on, but, but about an hour before that Thistleweb left, so you missed him. Yeah. No, he didn't miss him. He was here while Thistleweb was here. And yes, 50, you, you weren't real bad, but you did kind of kind of drone on for a little bit, and then you left to get a beer, and then we didn't see you until now. Must have been a pretty good beer. <laughs> I was about to ask, did you? Is that beer anywhere near you at this point? Did you make it that far? He had to walk into town to get it, you know. 
Well, I fi- I finished up. I had parts of two laying here that were worn beers, and uh, I uh, not to waste anything. I finished those, and then I've I've gone to the refrigerator to get another one. So we'll see how, how long that lasts. Wait, did you wake up and then go to the refrigerator? Or <laughs> Too early in the morning for beer here, I'm up? afraid. No, I woke up, went to the refrigerator, and came back and saw. And 50s ISP hates him again. He did so well all night, too, until now. Now, on on to that issue we were having. Um, When it comes to e-links, what you might be able to do is, seeing as they're both Debian, you might be able to pull down the source and maybe the source modifications that Nopix is using for e-links and use those same modifications in Ubuntu. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, um, I thought about that too, but um, yeah, uh, yeah, probably um, uh, that'd be a good a good thing to do. Um, yeah, I just don't didn't have the time to um, hunt for uh, the documentation um, on uh, Adrian. Well, you may also you may also just email uh, Klaus Knopper and see if he can't send you a package itself. You never know. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Wow, I got quiet. Yeah, yeah, the podcast, I've never actually listened to that, but um, obviously being on, I don't know, if, is, are you still here, actually? Are you still here? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I never actually listened to the podcast, but obviously I've heard, um, I've heard Cribbins Kri- when you were uh, taken over in the, I think it was August, for a bit. And stuff like that, but I haven't actually listened to your podcast. But then again, I don't really listen to that many podcasts, to be honest. So, because I tend to kind of prefer listening to music on the computer in general if I'm going to listen to something. But, but uh, yeah. Don't you listen to the podcast on the computer? What's that? You could why, why listen to I, the podcast on the computer. Are you saying I should listen to that? Yes. But yeah, I, I assume so. <laughs> it's just that I haven't, you know, it's like one of those podcasts that. Well, those of them that I probably should listen to, I just haven't yet, you know. Well, you should certainly listen to award-winning ones anyway. <laughs> yes. I had to get that in there, I'm sorry. Oh, you won the award for some, did you? Did you? Yeah, we won the European Podcast Award in 2012 for uh, UK personality. All oh, right, yes. I didn't know there was a award for that, but, <laughs> but okay, yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. And uh, on... And on Sunday, we find out whether we win the podcast awards, the uh, the US-centric one. Oh, cool. Fingers crossed. Anyway, we can influence the vote. Uh, no, voting finished at the end of... October. Oh, sorry, October. That's not what I asked. <laughs> Is it in... Sorry? Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess... That's it... not what I asked. Can, what we, the question? Can, we, can we influence the votes? Well, I think the votes were already cast, though, right? Again, that's not what I asked. What was the question, Ken? Can we influence the votes? Oh, I see. Um, yeah, go beat up Todd Cochran. He might uh, uh, might be able to uh, to do something. Well, or maybe a little well, graph might I be involved. I need to go prepare dinner now. Uh, thanks so much for the suggestion and chat, guys. I'm really glad to be here. What's <laughs> that? You go um, to bed, or do you say dinner? I didn't. What was it? What was he's that? Yeah, eating dinner. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually six um, six plus here, uh, six forty four p.m. here in Singapore. <laughs> Um, oh, cool! Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it's been great so far, um, and um, it's my New Year resolution 
that I'll be back again <laughs> uh, on the 31st uh, if you guys are doing it again next year I mean this year 2014 <laughs> so yeah thanks so much for uh, all the help and uh, the chat and suggestions really appreciate that don't forget you can add uh, your own show to HPR as well if you come across something um, um, yeah yeah sure how yeah. I got into Linux is a good way to start yeah cur- cur- okay, don't, cool. don't, don't you know, don't be a stranger and wait till a year from now to jump in. I mean, we're we're here every day on <laughs> on all in, in the Oddcast Planet on on the IRC chat. You know how to find us there, don't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. I'll jump in um, every now and then. And admittedly, um, that is kind of a cop out waiting an entire year to follow through with your new resolution. <laughs> yeah. And Kurokuro, it was very nice meeting you. Uh, yes, likewise. It was good meeting you. Likewise, and, me too. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Well, I I feel really welcome. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Keep yeah. in touch. Yeah. Yes, David. Okay. Okay. Thanks, guys. See you. Yeah. And like, Happy like, New like Year. Like I said, if you if you, you you know you hang around on the channel and meet people, you you probably uh-huh. get invited to join to to uh, join in on a podcast now and then. If not, get on a, a regular one. So, like I said, don't. You know, jump into Allcast Planet. Don't be a stranger. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, we'll do. Okay, see you guys. I really got to go now. <laughs> my my oh, son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye. See you guys. Bye bye. Happy New Year. Yeah. Bye. Dave, you were looking for me. No, I was just going to say that I'm very aware that it was about a year ago today. In fact, that I promised you a show and haven't done one yet. I don't maintain any lists <laughs> at all. Yes, you do. No, no, no. I have a list of people who submit shows, and I have everybody else in the world. I think... Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna put oh, I know. I'm on that list, am I? No, you're not on the list of people who have submitted shows. I'm gonna put no, I'm on every, everybody else list. Oh, that's not a list, officially. I think... In the okay. list, right. I'm going to have to go, because it's getting hectic here. So, uh, I'll uh, catch you guys later. Yeah, bye. Yeah, bye. Yeah, bye. Have fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm still trying to convince Ken that uh, being on every hour of this show is like being on 26 shows. No, they only come for last year, so the only credit you're getting is from midnight to now. I thought you said I was <laughs> going <laughs> under various, so nobody was getting credit. Yeah, exactly. No credit. Well, no, no, no wait, wait, wait. Because last on January 1st of last year, I was still up. So I did all of those hours as well. Why do you well, get the karma, not the credit? Anyway, I think I said in the last New Year's show that when I was like new, completely new on this, I think I said, um, "Does Ken? Oh yeah, I'll, 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 I might do a show for you, and then <laughs> I might do a show and put on HPR." But obviously, now here we are, a year later, I haven't done it. So, but um, who knows? Maybe, maybe this year. I owe Droops a show going back uh, nearly eight years now, so <laughs> procrastination is nothing new. I miss Droops. I miss Droops too. He's got a suit and tie in his profile pictures. Whatever happened to the good old blow up with dynamite Droops we knew and loved? He needed money. Or maybe he's going to work for people who have bigger dynamite. <laughs> I tell you what, Stanley, I, 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 I bet uh, Ken would count it if you go on and uh, do a post show after we, you know, two hours after we hit the last time zone. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 am, I am I am up I am almost to my twenty sixth hour awake straight. Well, you know, the last time I cut myself seriously, 
I, I've been up for what thirty six hours. You got a little bit to go. I've pulled more than I've pulled more than thirty six hours before, but no, I'm not going to do it this year. I not when I done. not when I have to be at work tomorrow morning. Well, just don't handle sharp objects. Well, I think I've been awake. Let's see, about forty hours longest. But then, if if you include my travel this one time, and uh, you know, I was awake all night the night before and all that. I had about two hours sleep in between. That's probably you know, be about forty eight hours then, wouldn't it? Well, kind of two I'm hours sleep to- in between. I'm a yeah. parent. I've been awake for the last five years. <laughs> there you go. I was going to say, in, in college, I think I pulled something close to 72 hours straight once. But, man, that was, like, almost 30 years ago. So, not going there again. Well, uh, uh, last year, go, going to uh, OCP Live, if I, you know, uh, not to drone on about that, because apparently I did earlier today. But I was some uh, advices. You are, uh, but uh, I, uh, maybe I've mentioned, maybe I, maybe I haven't before, but uh, oh, I, I had these uh, friends come in. Well, it's, it's the, the lady helps me uh, take care of dad once a week, uh, you know, bathing and, and stuff, not to get in it, but I had them come out for the weekend, you know, stay with him while I was gone. But I, I had to clean up the house and all that stuff, and clean, their kids were going to come, and so I cleaned out two bedrooms because we, you know, had to clean out the guest room, which had been the junk room for years, and then my dad's room, which he does, he, he hasn't used uh, in years because he can't get from the living room to there or whatever. So, mm-hmm. but so I, you know, uh, I, I I had had the intention before getting on the flight at like four a.m. was to, or you know, to go to bed at uh seven or eight in the, in, in the evening and i i was still working on stuff till uh you know so at the end i had maybe two hours between then and when i need you know when i finish stuff when i need to leave i said no I'm, if i go to bed i'm not gonna get anything done so I, you know so when i when i got got on the plane and flew out there i'd been you know I, i'd been up like 36 hours so yeah uh, you know i i just uh you know i uh Jumped jumped in the car about two a.m. drove drove to the airport, and, and you know I I I thought I wouldn't make it through the day. It was so cool and talking, you know, everybody. It just I I kind of picked picked right up. But man, that that when I finally went to bed that night, that 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 was the best sleep I've had in years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've done that kind of thing as well. We we go traveling and you 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 end up being awake a really long time. You know, it's, you don't sleep on the plane. You don't sleep on the car if you're not driving. You know, you just sort of end up being awake for a very long time. I thought he'd never get to that point in that story. Just try not to talk to customs after forty-eight hours of no sleep. Yeah, that's when they take your stuff. Well, of course, I kept her. Apparently, I kept. If you talk to Peggy, I kept everybody else awake because it, it turns out that I snore. Ah, so staying awake is just your attempt not to uh, get kicked off the plane midair. Yeah. Though I will re- remember to take gum this time, man. You know that that would have kept me awake. Uh, you know, uh, it's been years since I've flown. It's it's just the uh, the the pressure equalization. And of course, going back, some you know, somebody told me, "Well, take chew gum, and then it'll it, it it'll fix that." And I never got around to buying any gum. So this 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 year, I'm taking gum with me. 
Well, according to something I heard recently, it will fix the uh, pressurizing in your ears. It will also cause higher levels of flatulence. That I can deal with. Yeah, but can everybody around you deal with it? I don't care. I don't, I'm not going to see them again. Especially if they eject you from the plane, again, midair. <laughs> it's one thing to lose your luggage, it's another thing to lose that platform you're floating on. What I would say as well, uh, the whole being awake thing, um, so there's like one guy online I know, for example, um, he, he's always like, oh, I, I can stay up awake for days and I never get tired and and uh, I get to sleep when I get tired and I, I'm not ruled by the sun. And so, yeah, I mean, some people can apparent, apparently stay awake like I don't know, a few days without getting all, all tired, but like, obviously not many in that case. Five minutes. Yeah, five minutes until the... Well, there's two time zones left, isn't there, really? We've gone a bit quiet, haven't we? Well, I guess... Uh, <laughs> we started talking about uh, staying awake and getting tired, and all those old men start to uh, head back to bed. I don't know what... Uh, no, uh... <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah, see. Yeah, sound, uh, sound Chase has been awake at least 26 hours, apparently, and... You're a few yes. hours behind as well, fifty-one fifty. What what time is it for you two? Well, I we're not, we're on the same time, so it's five in the morning for uh, for both of us. But I I've slept twice since this has started. Uh, I I can't I can't say about Soundy. Yeah, no, I've I've slept about fifteen minutes. You well, know, nodded off for about fifteen minutes. I um yeah I got to I decided to kind of leave and about 4am last night and then I got to sleep and uh, came back and we're into three minutes away from the last hour folks hard to believe isn't there one more at midday or is there not UTC yeah and it's now almost 11 o'clock in your time correct yeah, yeah. 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 so there so should be two be... left yeah, yeah. no there's one, right. one that we're coming up on now in three minutes and then the last one and then that's it. Yeah. yeah, what's Ken saying is that that last one would be it after that. So two, two more, everybody two more markers, and then we'll have and an after party for four hours to keep Sanchez awake. Yeah, we're all under the you ways will of not keeping be keeping me awake. You will not be keeping me awake because I will be out of here. Jonathan Nadu's back. Good morning, Jonathan. Speak, child. We see your lips slashing, Jonathan, but we do not hear your voice. And and Ken, did we all go deaf? Hello, can you hear me? I'm yes, speaking we can hear from you, Ken. beyond the sea. Two minutes. Nope, Jonathan, no luck. Try turning it off and then on again. I have had an Olibola, folks. You're going to have to tune into my How Holland Works series on HBR to find out what that means. Ho- ho- you say Holland? How Holland Works, yes. It, no, no. I, I was thinking that when you said "beyond the sea," because Holland is. Um, then they set some of the water back from the sea, or something like that, didn't they? We do. We do. It's the only country in the world who has expanded its borders through conquest of nature, as opposed to conquest of other civilizations. Yeah. Well, you forget New Orleans. They're sort of an undersea people as well. Yep. And, and in the U.S., we have so much land, we flood it. 
50 seconds to go, folks. Sound chasers falling asleep. Go to sleep. Nope, I'm go not asleep. Sleep. I'm right here, wide go awake. To sleep. Believe me, I started drinking coffee, I'm so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be wide awake until I hit the bed. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm wide awake. Yeah, that's something. You've done it then, the whole 26 hours, really. No, we have, that... to, we have to get him to sleep in the last hour, so he's met it this far and fails at the end. Yeah, I think I'm, I, well, I'm sure I, I missed every uh, U.S. Uh, uh, Time zone uh, change. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you did. All right. Hit, talk I wouldn't sleep today. <laughs> America, Samoa, Midway Atoll, U.S., and one more. That's Alofi, Midway, and Pango, Pongo. And the last two remaining islands are uninhabited. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year for the Happy last New Year. people who are actually there to celebrate. Yeah. Happy New Year. Unless there's a bunk of, boatload of drunken teenagers who've gone out to Baker Island and Holloway Island just to be the last people to welcome in 2013. Which, of course, is what I'd do if I had endless amounts of money. Then again, if I was doing that, I'd probably write a script to a horror movie as well. So let's see, let's see go... if Jonathan's sound is working so he can actually do a plug for the Accessible Computing Foundation. If you want to go back in time, if you want to go back in time, there's one last chance. You have to go to those islands. You have to go on a plane or whatever, and you're back to 2013. For a bit, anyway. Can't hear you, Jonathan. Still not working, Jonathan. I was going to say, we could give a, a, uh, a New Year's shout-out to that... Uh, Greenpeace ship up there up north that uh, went up there to uh, prove global warming and and has been f- frozen in the ice uh, ever since. And I guess they're ex- probably experiencing uh, New Year's in every time zone. I wonder how that works on officially. If you're just sitting on the North Pole itself, right at that particular spot, you have all the time zones at once. Let's Dude. just face it; it's like a fiat. And see, time zones don't really exist. Well, no, they're made by people, really. I bet they're freaking tired of hearing Auld Lang Syne. <laughs> yeah, it's 26 hours of it. Well, more than that, because well, I mean, you have some of those half-hour and 15-minute mark ones in there, too. Yeah, true. The 15-minute ones are crazy. I can get behind the time zones don't really exist theory, because I don't really have any fiat currency. He lives. Or does he? I'm not certain at this point. Based on that voice. Dark balls of the world. He crawls out. It's pokey. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's early. What are you doing up, dude? Um, I I woke up. I figured I'd come finish it off with you guys. I was just thinking, would we it be better voices. next year just to do the day? The day after as opposed to the day before? What do you no, reckon? no, no, no. I, I don't know. I think no. I like the idea of it starting the day before and doing the whole going through. But you can do the whole day after if you want as well. And yeah, but you don't have a awake even longer. <laughs> you don't have a wife who doesn't talk to you for a week because you've you've been in the back room doing a New Year show the whole yeah, time when you should be out with the kids. The day Post- after, I don't know if wouldn't... postponing it for a day is going to help you. The day after wouldn't work because it's the that's the day that most people have off of work officially, so it's the recovery day. Yeah, how what a better day to come on and just chat with friends. Just an idea, just an idea. What a better day to sleep? Are you kidding me? I'm going back to sleep after this. Yeah, well, the only reason you need to sleep is because you were up all night talking to us. Of course, then you would be up all tonight talking to us. Yeah, yeah. And then have to go to work. Okay, I get your point. 
Yeah, it's better this way, isn't it? For uh, like we like it's been done. I don't know about you guys, but it feels like we're trapped in Arctic ice here, man. It's got to be in the single digits out there today. Celsius. Oh, it, it was. It was in the fifties here today. What what temperature system are you working? Come on, what what are you talking about? Okay, here well, we go. Don't, only one, only one that I know of. Well, there, there's centigrade and Fahrenheit, and we normally use Fahrenheit here in the U.S. And right now, where I'm at, it's 10 degrees, but the low temperature for today is going to be negative 2. 10 degrees F. 10 degrees yes. Fahrenheit? 10 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, according to my uh, little weather station here, 46 degrees Fahrenheit with uh, cloud cover. Minus 12 is 10 degrees. For those of us who are using a proper temperature system, 40 watt is? No, I got two different readings. My little weather app degrees. on my screen is telling me 9 Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is in Celsius. How can Fahrenheit Sound go you, from you... 10 degrees being minus 12 Celsius and 45 degrees being 7 degrees Celsius? That that's doesn't because make John, any sense. That's because John Doe is way down south in Texas. No, I mean the temperature scale. A Fahrenheit... Is on on a Fahrenheit scale, freezing point of water is thirty two, which would be zero on Celsius. Yeah, the scales are not linear. Yeah, uh, next to each other. Isn't it, yeah, it, it's some really weird ratio. It's not a, a straightforward ratio at all. No. It's okay, like, but Celsius is like it goes up in increments. Surely. Why, why Fahrenheit? Can somebody please do a show on Fahrenheit and explain to me the logic behind it? Fahrenheit also goes up in increments, and there, it goes there, down in there, increments too. There, there is no logic, kid. It's it, it's like our uh, measuring system. Some bloke stuck his foot in the mud and measured that, and that that was that was uh, uh, our, our, our uh, measuring stick, and then he divided it by twelve instead of ten. But you know. Even I'll be the first one to admit that you know that that the uh, the 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 Celsius and and the the whole metric system make makes a whole lot more sense, but it's just our as old people over here in the U.S. we can't visualize we we don't know what a centimeter is or a kilometer, and we you know we we sure as hell don't know what centigrade is. Yeah, centigrade. I don't know if I could even get used to it because you just don't have enough lines between freezing and boiling. Okay, that makes no sense whatsoever. You got a hundred lines between there. We got two hundred and twelve. No, we got less than two hundred twelve. We got about a hundred eighty. So our our increments are closer together. So we can we can. Uh, I mean, I can I can tell the difference in my house between. 70 or between 68 degrees and 66 degrees maybe even 67 i can tell you you know if, if it's a little cold i can go oh look at that I, the temperature is a little lower you know so i mean but in centigrade the difference there would be oh three and oh, what maybe just one one line or i don't know but yeah so but you can't tell the difference between a one degree celsius versus uh, one degree higher Celsius. I can't tell you the difference between one degree Celsius and fifty-four degrees Celsius because it's just not. I don't. I don't know what they each feel like. 
I guess we should do it on speed limit because I'd, I'd have a good excuse, you know, if I was uh, uh, five kilometers hour over the speed limit because I, you know, I get pulled over and I, I'd tell the cop, I don't know how the hell fast I'm going. I don't understand this. And the cop would say, you know, I, I, I don't understand it either. And I'd go to the judge and judge would say, no, hell, I don't understand how fast that is. Just go on your way. Well, here's the thing. When Ireland moved from the imperial, it had imperial metric system for distances for ages, but all the speed limits were in miles per hour. And when they switched to kilometers per hour, they had advertisements on and they had billboards and everything up explaining we're going to this. And the uh, judicial system said, right, it will not be tolerated. The first person who used, attempts to use this as a defense is going to get is going to get uh, slapped in the face. Everybody knows about this, and a few people tried it, and they got the maximum fine. What I wanted to say is, uh, yeah, the the Fahrenheit thing. I have no idea. I can do Celsius, and then the um, and then yeah, the miles and the kilometers per, per miles an hour is another one because basically all of Europe is in the kilometers per hour as far as I know, but the UK is still on miles, and yeah, if you go over to Europe, you have to figure out what the kilometres per hour and um, also what I wanted to say here as well is um, I I was just wondering if we had the first part of the Hacker Public New Year's Radio up on the website, like last year, but I've just checked, it doesn't seem to be up because I remember last time it came up the first three hours, quite soon after the... um, well, whilst this show was still on, about this time, I think, actually. Yeah, that was because last year we needed to, uh, the show needed to be posted for the following day, but uh, now that we have pre-recorded shows, the slots are available next week, so I'm not going to stay up all night posting shows when they can come, when I can do it next week. Am I still on this, or do... Yes. Oh, yeah. it must have gone wrong on my mumble, because <laughs> it should have cut, put, put me off now. I'll close it down again, it's probably better that way. Well, okay. kid, I, I was going to say this last year, you you just need to break it up into an hour at a time, and you've got a, you've got a whole month of shows. Yeah, but that's not the point. Nobody can take that. Oh, I, think I don't need to close it down, I don't think it, it went off anyway. I was surprised we were cutting them into two-hour chunks. I thought that was too many shows to stretch it out over. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's an easy editing and recutting chunk size. So if we need to go ahead and, and take like an hour off another show and put it together, make a three-hour, and then take the another half and put it on to the next one and make it a three-hour, it's easy, more easily done with two, you know, with three two-hour chunks than it is with having a whole bunch of three- or four-hour chunks. Well, I've reserved five slots, so if if there's more, now we decide whether we're going to put it out in five slots or more slots than that, but then Ahuka's statistics and polling is going to come out in between. Maybe well, it should I mean, be by topic. Could, uh, oh, Lord, you know. You, you could always break it up if you wanted to, you know, have the five registered slots that you have for it, and if it if it turns out to be more, you know, like like I said, we, we, don't, we don't have a plethora of shows right now so uh fit them in as you go yeah we never have a plethora of shows but we have as many shows as we have if you look at the calendars.php page which i'll post into the chat one second so the calendar.php page we see that uh well we have six days to the next free slot which is going to be uh the first week 
of the new year, the first full week, first Monday of the new year, will be the HPR shows. This divided into five slots, so that's going to be fairly, fairly hefty slots. But then at the same time, what's the point in dragging it out any longer? Well, famously, I'm going to say I'll be right back after I get another beer. You do that. Can you guys hear me now? Yes, yes go ahead over. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be uh, painful. Trying because I'd imagine you know there's there might be some spots where there's you know twenty minutes of kind of deadness or you know whatever. Like this, uh, is someone actually gonna sit through sift through that to cut those chunks out? Oh, the dumb stuff. Chunkade silence out. works a dream. Yeah. Oh, and, I see. And I think the worst we've really had is maybe also, three minutes or so of of dead space. So we really haven't had that much completely empty space overall. Okay. Yeah, I would be stunned if the longest thing was even three minutes. I, I'd say a minute at the longest of, of absolute silence. Well, I think it, it was while you were asleep, we kind of got down to like two or three people in the room. and Oh, okay. And we all kind of got phased out for a little bit. But it was enjoyable. Also, you uh, missed another blind user, semi-blind. Oh, did you catch their name? Did they use their real name or? Pickle. Uh, no, Kura Kura. Oh, really? Yeah, he's yeah. in the mumble. He was in the mumble. He's uh, going to tune in. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, he's over in Singapore, so it was dinner time for him, so he had to leave. Oh, okay. That's cool. Morning, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Morning, Delwin. Happy New Year. I was going to say that sounds like Delwin. Happy New Year. So, oh. Sound Chaser, were you the only madman that stayed up all night? Yes, I am. Happy New He's Year. cheating. What cheating? Using a soundboard. <laughs> what soundboard? You notice he just re- he just repeats the same thing every twenty six every twenty six replies. You notice he just repeats the same thing every twenty six replies. I think you just put your uh, theory to a halt there. <laughs> well played, Sound Chaser. Hey, at least Jonathan, we can hear different. you. Yes, and I, I could always hear you. I know, something, <clears throat> I never really used the headphones on this laptop, but it looks like when I accidentally plugged the headphone into the microphone, that, like, screwed with the microphone thing. So for some reason, by re-plugging the headphone in, knowing it wasn't going to work, kind of did whatever it had to do, and then the microphone started working. So, go figure. Uh, could be any number of things. Uh, how well are they labeled for you? Not at all. <laughs> Don't you just hate computers sometimes? Uh, yes I, and no. Another weird thing you can have happen is if you're using the a two jack thing, if you get one like if you get the microphone plugged in all the way, but the headset not quite plugged in all the way, it can mess with the microphone depending on how the headset's wired. Yeah, well, plus if the the two are on the same uh you know board or whatever, that you know that messes with it also. My buddy's got one that just the idea of it infuriates me, and it's it's only one jack for microphone and headphones. That's or microphone wrong. Or headphones, I should say. That's wrong. Yeah, and the computer knows the difference. It hasn't made the Why mistake is that wrong? yet. Because what if you need both at the same time? There are well, adapters. It messes with the quality, too. Like, I imagine the quality isn't that great. It does mess with the quality to some degree, but that's what I'm using right now. Not a great defense, I'll admit. <laughs> no, yours sounds all right, but why should anyone have to buy an adapter when there ought to just be two holes there? Uh, because well, the device might not to... be big enough to do it. 
Uh, what it really comes down to is that's what's used on cell phones. And so their basic idea is that that's what's used on cell phones. So you can now use a cell phone headset here. Boy, I'm glad we shot past that statement really fast. Well, it, it blows me away that uh, on cell phones and tablets now that the uh, audio port is a data device. Well, sort of. It's as much a data device as a hand radio is a data device. I Yeah, I don't want to gloss over the one that you just said where the device might not be big enough, and I don't think that's a valid argument against having only one jack on a laptop. I mean, especially this guy's laptop. It's like a... a a 16-inch laptop, I think. Just There's plenty of room. Oh, well, no, it's, it's not the idea of the jack room itself. It's the idea that you already have a headset that has a microphone built in. Why not put them on the same thing? Yeah, that argument I can buy. But in that case, you know, I would still argue for give me three then. Give me the one for a standard, you know, uh, mono microphone, one for stereo headphones. And if you want another jack that's got you know, five rings on the pin, give give it a third one there. Uh, yeah, well, the, you'd be, go ahead. Yeah, but the thing that annoys me about regular head, microphone headset things is that they've got these two dangly wires, one plugs in one side, and on some laptops, what's even more frustrating is you got one, the headset jack is on one side of the laptop, and on the other side is the microphone jack. So your cable isn't physically capable of going around the whole way. Yeah, well, there's no uh, excuse for that either. The other thing you have to realize is that many of the jacks these days are not designed with the idea of taking a standard headset from, say, a phone, which has more rings. Um, because of that, because of the way everything was designed, that actually screws up listening on those unless you slightly pull the jack out. Otherwise, what they could do on that same device is set it up similar to BlackBerry and otherwise, um, where you can use a standard set of headphones in that headphone jack, but you can also use that single port as a headset jack, allowing the microphone functionality as well. You still have two jacks, but you still have both functionalities involved at that point. Kind of on topic, speaking of cell phones or whatever, has anyone physically touched a Firefox OS phone? That Not sounds yet. so wrong. Did someone say that's wrong? No, that is so wrong. Just the way it was phrased went wrong in my mind. Oh, yeah. Ken, you haven't seen any out in the wild or any in your neck of the woods? Haven't seen any out here, no. The only person I know of one is Jezra. Yeah, I saw. I stumbled across a video the other day where um, someone posted a link to it, and they're actually working on a... I don't know how far along it is. This video seemed a little old, but they're actually getting a screen reader working on it. So I, I was pretty excited about that. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I get out in a different kind of wild, so no, I haven't seen a, a Firefox phone yet. I haven't even seen a video one, to be honest with you. What, um, so uh, Android is not accessible at all? Because I know they have oh, a no, couple. Oh, no, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it you know, it. That that's a whole nother tangent. I mean, it's accessible-ish or whatever, but I mean, it it is. But I'm I'm just more interested in Firefox OS because like we'll probably really never see it here in the states. That we're really not even their target audience. They could probably kind of care less about if we if they ever sell any in the U.S. But um, I just think it's a really interesting concept. I could I can really see Firefox OS you know eating the, the very low end market like. 
where all where Nokia was dominating for years and how they owned like you know sixty percent of the world's you know cell phone usage or whatever. I really think Firefox could step in and take that usage away, and so that's why I'm interested in it becoming you know accessible and stuff because then that many more people will hopefully have uh, you know an accessible phone. Yeah, I only buy low end phones, so you're you're talking to me. That's my market segment. They've got some hardware manufacturers already for Firefox OS, I think. But yeah, I mean, anybody touting Africa, or whatever the article said, so yes, the developing world isn't really the target. But maybe if uh, all these Chromebooks and so on get all popular, then they might think, oh, you know, we should try and get Firefox OS out on tablets and phones and developing world as well. Maybe they'll do that, I don't know. We'll see, I guess. On, on a similar note, I wonder uh, what the usability would be for a blind user on an Android phone. Uh, are there apps to assist with, say, uh, reading things for you or similar? Yes, but it's kind of this is kind of a two-pronged thing or whatever. For the first, like for using a tablet and a phone for me are extremely, extremely annoying. Like I, you know, maybe I'm just, you know, I'm, maybe I'm just right at that point where. I just feel more comfortable, you know, with a keyboard and, you know, with stuff like that. I could never see myself, like, having a tablet as, like, my main thing. I, I, can't, I can't get anything done. Like, typing is horrific. Um, you know, it, it would take me forever. It would take me, like, literally 15 minutes to probably type an email. Like, yeah. it's, it's just so annoying. I could never use the, use the phone or a tablet as, like, my main device. And even as, like, an in-between device, it's still extremely frustrating so yeah yeah Um, i'm not i'm not a fan at all of like tablets or phones if you're you know if you're vision impaired or blind like yeah you know it has a screen reader i run my finger across the screen and it tells me what my finger is over even though it's doing that it's there's still a um I, i still take my time dragging my finger because even though it's announcing what's my fingers over i still have to make my way to that you know icon or whatever widget when you can see, you can easily just foo, foo, fly your fingers around and get to where you're going. Even though it's still talking, it, it's still not you know that effective. When you drag your finger across the, st- the screen and you get where you want to be, is it then is it still difficult to tap what you actually want? Because I mean, you you don't know when you lift your finger if it's still exactly right there, do you? No. What's kind of cool though is let's say if I you know I drag over to like an email app that I'm going to open. I would drag my finger and just double tap kind of right there. I could even drag my finger over, lift it up, and double tap somewhere totally different, and it would still open that app nine times out of ten. It holds a lock on that yeah, spot on yeah. the screen. Oh, that's, that's good. I well, will say one thing I've liked about um, a new one I've looked at, the Stratosphere 2, I think it is, uh, Samsung phone. Uh, you open up the slide-out keyboard, and it actually does have the indicative dots on the f and j keys so you can orient yourself somewhere on that keyboard yeah i had a samsung epic 4g and it had on the side of the keyboard it had the the dots there also which was nice well jonathan i gotta say i mean it's it, it's hard enough for those of us who can actually see the darn thing uh to to, to type on an android device yeah yeah and, and i i am just i i i i I've said this before, but I I am in awe that you can, you know that not being able to see you 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 can actually do anything useful with these things because you're you're way ahead of me and I, and I can see the blasted thing. Yeah, it's it's terribly frustrating. I mean, I 
I really only have Android devices because I've been poking around with building uh, um, custom ROMs for Android. So I have a Nexus 7 that the Podnuts Network graciously uh, donated to me. So I've been working on building custom ROMs, basically kind of like a sonar you know, type ROM, but for Android. So I've been messing around with that, but I'm not really doing that for myself. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing there's more and more blind users using Android, and like a lot of blind users are buying like the Nexus 7 and stuff. So I'm just trying to, you know, build ROMs for probably the majority of like Nexus devices at this time, only because. Do we lose him? Yep, Jonathan, we lost you. Okay, well, well, I guess I was going to say something as well. Sons of Man Um, One, good morning, happy New Year. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Sons of Man One. One. Yes, and and Happy New Year as well. Happy and Happy New Year. What I wanted to say is, um, I'm not really that keen on phones or tablets, well, touchscreen for different reasons, but so I've mainly used a laptop and desktop and so normal keyboards, and I've also got touch typing experience for 16 years, so about 16 years now. So when I go on a phone or a tablet, I'm going to put in a message. It's just completely different. It's just slow. You've got to get used to it, and you know. When, you can, when I'm on a keyboard, I can just type and type and type. And um, so, yeah, quality keyboard. And that's the other one. That's, there's that other keyboard now, uh, D-V-O-R-A-K or something. And some people think that's a lot better. But, you know, it's like, it's not mainstream. I think some of you know the one I mean. It's like that. Why would I change from QWERTY to this other keyboard layout? The same kind of thing. Kind of thing. To learn the whole thing again. What was that? Once again, marketing. marketing. If people will buy it then somebody is willing to make it and sell it. Yeah, well, no, it's not necessarily marketing. Dvorak keyboard's been around for quite a long time. It's not a new keyboard. It's it's people are buying it because it is more efficient. It's just it, awkward yeah, but, to learn. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. But, is it, but then if you learn QWERTY for 16 years, like I'm saying, then you'd have to, like, sort of, all that knowledge would just sort of, right, okay, you have to start completely over. Would it really be adventure? Would you really get an advantage well, you're, learning the other layout, you know? Well, you're talking about starting over, but if you started from scratch and never bothered learning QWERTY, then, yes, Dvorak is more efficient. You you move your fingers much less, and, and much uh, less distance, everything is you know it's laid out the more the most popular letters in the language are under are your home row keys and you know the the less often the key is used the further away from your finger it is actually hold on for a second way oversimplified i know i know no 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 actually i was going to point out historically um the reason the qwerty keyboard layout was actually chosen for the original typewriters was to deliberately slow typists down. Down. Because when yep. they actually had other actually layouts, had like the Dvorak layout and a, a couple of other variations, they found out that uh, people who learned to type could actually type too fast on a mechanical keyboard. So they actually switched to the QWERTY style to actually slow people down. Oh, oh yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I, read yeah. I read that somewhere. Yeah, now, now yeah, I've no, heard that no, both I've ways. I've heard that both I, ways. I... I, I, I... I have heard that debunked. I have heard that debunked. Wow, that is so cool how my voice comes through when somebody else has their key down. But uh, no, I, I, I've heard that story debunked, uh, you know, that they, they set up the typewriter that uh, uh, deliberately so, you know, because cause everybody's typed on an old mechanical uh, typewriter, at least 
people my age and, and gone fast enough that the that, that the hammers have gotten all tied up in in the center but uh i i, I i've heard that you know I, i've heard the other way that that's no really it's no faster one way uh than another According to According the studies to... that I've seen on it, it's not so much that Dvorak is any faster. It's more what you learn is faster if it's what you learn. Uh, the biggest problem with learning Dvorak at this point is to use it on every computer you come across, you're going to have to carry a keyboard. Or just not ever look at the keys. I mean, if you know where they are, you know where they are. The the real efficiency in the Dvorak, and I don't use one, so this is only what I've heard from people, is not just in speed, though there is a, a speed advantage, it's that your fingers move less, so you're, you, you've you got um, you know less RSI type of strain from it, is, is the way I've always heard people talk about it. Well, you see, well, you you, see yeah, you, yeah. Ken, Ken, come on, man. Come on, man. Happy New Year. Happy New, Year. Happy New Year. Welcome back, Poppy. Hey, Poppy. Happy New Year. Okay, okay. Just to kind of go back and talk about this again. Actually, the QWERTY keyboard, it wasn't necessarily so much to slow typists down, but it was actually because of the mechanical nature of the original typewriters. It was an arrangement of the, key, the keys that worked best for the mechanical physical key layout as far as the the type the um hammerheads that actually had to hit the paper ken try again i had to mute you for no okay left yeah this happened to him yesterday like fairly near the beginning and he had to actually leave and come back yeah you're right same time of day can you hear me again over yeah Yeah. yes we can now okay good uh you were just making a point about the uh deborah keyboard versus the other keyboard and that was, yeah, you got it right. It was designed to be as fast as possible, but prevent uh, mechanical uh, overlaps on the keys. Oh, there you go, the mechanical overlaps. That's right, I forgot about that. Yeah, well, we got uh, Popey here. I want to take a divergent uh, uh, to what we're talking about to, 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 to ask him. And, uh, you know, I know you think probably I troll ag- uh, against Canonical, but... Uh, I thought you might you might have the inside skinny on on this. There, you know, there's this Distro Watch uh, report. Uh, they talked to uh, one of the guys inside Mint that, that uh, something about Canonical said. Uh, you know, uh, we we would like Mint to uh, pay a licensing fee for access to the, uh, I guess, the repositories, and I you know you know. It, I didn't know, Popey, if you're in a position to say uh, yay or nay, is is this a thing? Uh, you know, I, I would like to put this to bed because so many people well, let him answer, come up then. and say. That's right. If he wants to carry on asking, I don't know. Are there any other points? What? Well, I no, guess. What's the story? You've probably heard it on the, um, on the interwebs. Just interested to, to hear. Yeah, I, I know as much as you guys know uh, in terms of uh, the story. So uh, I know there's been some discussions um, between uh, Canonical and Clem, um, and that's been reported as well. Um, I don't, I don't know. 
the content of any of the communication that's gone between them other than what's been reported publicly um, because I don't work in the legal team and I don't work in the team the, I'm not senior management that would deal with those kind of things but I do have a personal opinion on this which I'm happy to express and may come as a result of me being a canonical employee but it's also part of me being a member of the Ubuntu community so Forehead. The the way so we have uh, flavors of Ubuntu and those flavors are all built from the archive. So Lubuntu, Zubuntu, Kubuntu, Edge Ubuntu, Ubuntu Studio, and so on. Gnome Remix. Uh, sorry. The Gnome Remix as well. More recently. Uh, yes, on? yes, yes. You're right. Yes, the, I I keep forgetting that one because it's new and I keep <laughs> I often recite the full list and I always forget one. Uh, and on this occasion, it was no remix. Now, the thing about those flavors is they're all built from packages in the archive, which is one point. The second point about them is that the people who maintain those flavors help to curate the packages that are in the archive. So we work as a team curating the packages that are in the archive and part of that is to ensure that we don't stamp on each other's feet you know so a change that kubuntu uh, requires for kde maybe a cute package change doesn't mess up the ubuntu flavor or something the ubuntu studio people do doesn't mess up the m player or ffmpeg packages that are relied on by the other um, flavors so with that said um the that means there's a close collaboration between all those flavors and they work together as teams, right? What you have with derivatives is derivatives take Ubuntu and they respin it for some other reason, whether that's a new desktop or uh, in the case of Mint, you know, Cinnamon and uh, Mate or, um, or some other distro that might want to add a security spin, for example, or, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, people have their own ideas uh, of what they want to do. Uh, and, and that's fine. And we're perfectly fine with people, you know, respinning Ubuntu. What you see with Mint, though, is they take Ubuntu, they respin it, and they make um, what seems to be quite a popular uh, derivative distribution. And they replace all of the uh, affiliate codes. So we see no revenue come back because it all goes to Clem. But all their users are still using the Ubuntu archive. So they're not rebuilding packages. They're just pointing all their users at our archive that we maintain at our cost and at our, you know, effort, significant developer effort. All those people who are running all those, maintaining all those flavors are maintaining that archive. Mint points to that archive and doesn't give anything back. They don't put the packages back in the archive. They're in their own archive, their own PPAs or whatever. So there's a kind of imbalance there. That the Mint guys are ma- maintaining a derivative of Ubuntu, not giving anything back, and um, getting all the benefit, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where I thought you were going with that, and I, I kind of agree. Um, it, it seems like, and I've always been kind of surprised uh, whenever I've run Mint, that 
all the packages are are you know tagged as Ubuntu, and the repositories are Ubuntu's repositories. I, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, true. They don't even. It's, a, it's like the Firefox user didn't train. I think yeah, it says Ubuntu in there, doesn't it? Because that's what Ubuntu does. They just kind of take from Ubuntu, and it's basically all. It, it basically is Ubuntu, except little changes here and there. It could be Mate, uh, mate Cinnamon, and then a few of their own programs and well. branding. There, there is that. It, it, you know, you there is the the common thread is that Mint is Ubuntu with a different desktop. You know, that's that's what some people will call Mint. You know, uh, in short, the thirty second elevator pitch is Mint is Ubuntu with a different desktop. But it's not quite just that. There are other changes as well. There are packages that are held back. There are, you know, recently the discussion that triggered all of this was that Oliver Graver on a mailing list happened to say, you know, I wouldn't use Mint personally because, and then he cited some reasons why. Yeah, yeah, that article, I think the security one that we're probably referring to, but yeah. Yes, so, you know, he was referring to the fact that by default Mint holds back security updates, which seems, you know, uh, not a good idea for their users. And, you know, Clems responded to that. Um, But there are significant enough changes between Ubuntu and Mint that it's not the same in that a package might not install on Mint that installs on Ubuntu. So you you could go to some third-party developer website of your favorite app and it says, here are the downloads, and you see a download for Ubuntu, and you think, oh, okay, I'm running Mint, which I know is close enough to Ubuntu that I could download the the Ubuntu dev, and it should install and everything will be fine. And actually, we in Ubuntu, the Ubuntu community, get people coming to us because packages don't work on Mint. Now, yeah, again, yeah, yeah, that's, the, that's the Mint people sending, you know, people in our direction, and we're, we're doing the work there, the support work, to help people get stuff working. And we do help people get stuff working on something that isn't even our distro, doesn't give back to us, doesn't put packages in our archive. So I can, can, I can completely see why Canonical might say to Mint, hey, look, you know, we need to come to some agreement here because you know, you're getting all the benefit and not giving us anything back. One second. Uh, so what is the correct procedure then from your point of view? They would do like what you do to Debian. You take the source code, you'd rebuild everything from scratch, and you'd host your own repos. Or would it be enough to take one copy of their repos and host it on a, on their own FTP server? Is it is this a pure um, resource from the point of view of... Um, maintaining the servers or is this a more ideological thing where you don't want them having access to your binaries i know that's a loaded question but go ahead i i would I, say I there's more to it from what he just said yeah there's... it's not as simple as that I, I think there's far too many nuanced points to be able to say well the answer is you should take the source code and rebuild it yourself that 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 partially fixes one of the issues of, you know, just using the archive. They're, that well, doesn't address the fact that they're not yeah, maintaining if, the packages in the archive. It taking, well, no, hold, Ken, on, if, hold on one sec. If, they're, if, you're, if they took your source code, yeah, that you've developed, and they put it on their own servers, and they use those as the repos, surely wouldn't that be exactly what you're doing to, to Debian repos? No, it isn't. That, but that's only part you've, of the problem. That's that's, no, that's not I just want to all... I just want to address this issue before we go on to the next one. Well, if that, no, because if that, that were doesn't... to happen, 
why does that not address the issue that they, they from an end user point of view using Mint, they would see that the repos go to uh, Mint. One, well, that, one would more certainly, step. that would certainly be one. That would be one contributing factor. If Mint took uh, the Ubuntu archive and rebuilt it for Ubuntu, you know, uh, uh, rebuilt it for Mint in exactly the same way as Steam did. Steam took the Debian archive or the bits of the Debian archive that they need and rebuilt it and made Steam OS. Isn't so, that what uh, you were doing with Debian, or am I missing something here? Yes, that, but that's part of it. I'm, I, okay, I, th- I think what you're doing is you're you're trying to nail down everything to one simplistic. No, Let's no, I'm, I want arc. to I want to nail down the first part about okay. There's the resource issue. What if if I was in the Mint community and I was able to donate them servers? What would they? No, need no, to that's. Do? I think you're misinterpreting what I'm saying. The issue is I'm not okay, saying but, the issue is one of bandwidth pointing at our servers. That is that's yeah that. That that's doesn't part, help. I get that. Well, you're that but that's a tiny part of it. That's you're focusing on the, the smallest part. No, the bit sorry, that I'm Pope, most. Sorry, Poppy. I want to address that issue first before I go on. Well, to you can package. keep on asking, but I'm telling you before, that's not the yeah, important okay, part. Okay, we've dealt with that one. I now want to go on to talking about package maintenance. Don't don't. I'm trying deliberately not to put you on the spot, and I don't want to go either side of this. But um, so we've dealt with the maintenance issue of the thing. Now, can we move on to uh, the package maintenance? The other aspect that you were discussing. Sure. But it didn't sound like package maintenance was the sticking point, Ken. It sounds like branding is the sticking point because when somebody has a problem with uh, with their Mint install, they're contacting Canonical for help. And no, I, I get that. I understand so, that. But so if it, they recompile, what they really have to do is take the branding out and, and rebrand it, which absolutely. Ubuntu does do with the Debian repos. And... Um, you know, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same as if you if you run Ubuntu and you go and join hash Debian on uh, IRC, OFTC, or whatever. They'll they'll you know tell you where to go because yeah, but, Ubuntu uh, isn't Debian. Just for clarification, really... my my point was that if they were taking their servers and they were recompiling the software, I was I neglected to add in there that they remove all. Ubuntu branding, which would be obvious, that would make it clear to their users that they're going to a Mint repo system. So in that situation, I think that would be the cleanest thing for them to do. I'm not sure. I I don't think that's the cleanest thing for them to do. I think the cleanest thing for them to do would be to get the packages in the archive uh, so that um, you could create, so Mint could effectively be a flavor. Yeah, would it not be better than to just contribute even further upstream and go to Debian and contribute them there? Yeah, so I said the archive. What I mean by that is, you know, get it into Ubuntu somehow. Um, if they continue to be an Ubuntu derivative, then that could go into Debian or it could go directly into Ubuntu. It doesn't, you know, yes, going into Debian is better. Okay, okay cool. just, to, just to make one point, when you say, I think the cleanest thing to do is et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you're expressing a personal opinion, correct? Yeah. All right. Coach, because coach. because this can this is this can rapidly become you know the canonical Ubuntu representative said, and <laughs> no, 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 that's no. not what we want. Well, and I think I think Popey was very clear when he started this that he did not have any way of knowing any of the actual canonical positions. He has a personal opinion only, and and, and in fact, I made sure to make sure that's in the show notes as well. And one additional point was that it was a suggestion from me, and 
Pope uh, agreed. Um, but that's I don't think that that's any different, really. That's a normal, standard way that uh, distributions make a downstream distribution. That's how you take the Linux kernel, you maintain it on your, you maintain your copy, you compile in your stuff. I mean, that's just how forking happens. Correct me if I'm wrong, folks. Yeah, but what I wanted to, what I wanted to say, actually, is Mint isn't really like a proper fork because, um, you know, Magia is a good example. They really did fork when they took everything, they rebased it, they sat their own build structure. But whereas in the case of Mint, it's like what Popey's saying, they just really, what they do is for 19, 99% of the packages or about that, they're just taking them straight from Ubuntu because they are derivative, they're based on Ubuntu, not really a proper fork in the sense of what I just said. And then that's also why the Ubuntu branding is in for certain things still as well, because it's just going straight from Ubuntu. So I they're derivative, know. not really a fork in the sense of a proper fork, like I just tried to explain. Right, and I don't know if there's, I, I don't know if there's an issue using the Ubuntu branding. I don't know if that's that's an issue. That's I think that's a contributory factor to why people and and the historical. Um, knowledge that people have that, you know, in inverted commas, Mint is Ubuntu with a different desktop. So people, and Ubuntu, and Mint is Ubuntu based on Ubuntu, whatever version. So those facts that are in the, you know, in the public sphere contribute to people's belief that Mint is binary compatible with Ubuntu. Okay. Well, well I, 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 and, and, I would, I would, you know, I, I would argue with the, uh, supposition that uh the only difference between uh mint and ubuntu is a different desktop because you can you can grab uh ubuntu and put pretty much whatever desktop you want on it and it's great for right. that you can I, argue I with the supposition but that's how it's explained you yes. know if someone's well, trying to yeah, simplify but, it and they're trying to use the fewest keystrokes possible that's how it's no, done I'm no not saying that i would i would i would i would say the main difference people see between uh Mint and Ubuntu is that uh, Mint rolls in the codex, which may not be uh, quite kosher with the laws of, uh, you know, every country where they might be used. And it's a, it's a difference between a uh, distro that, that is put out by a company where you have to be conscious of uh, your response, your legal responsibilities, and between a uh, you know a, 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 a hobbyist distro where they're not going to come after you uh, for for uh, rolling in those codecs, those codecs. Uh, right right He's right based. from the start. And, He's also and, and, based. Sorry, uh, fifty-one fifty. You're you're saying that it's illegal to do what he's doing. It's not from. He's based in Ireland. It's not illegal to distribute the codecs. If you download what? them into the U.S., if you download that distribution in the U.S., then you're taking the responsibility for doing it. But what he's doing is perfectly le- legitimate in the jurisdiction jurisdiction in which he is based. Well, yeah. I, I didn't. I. Just need to clarify that point, just in case people think Mint is doing anything illegal. They're not in the jurisdiction where they're based. Yep, that is is correct. Uh, Can I, are you done? Can I actually ask a follow-up with Popey here? Well, no, I I just wanted to point out, as as far as the jurisdiction, there there is a big difference between a uh, corporation where people could come after you and say, well, no matter where you're based... Uh, pe- people in in this jurisdiction are are down are able to download it, 
and uh, somebody who's you know just just doing a a, ho- a hobbyist distro. I mean, there there is one one is one is not like the other, and one one has to be hamstrung uh, by the international laws so that you're not constantly uh, 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 fighting off uh, legal considerations. And, and and that's all I want. That's all I wanted to say on that. I mean, I, I, I perfectly understand why Canonical can't throw throw those codecs in where uh, Mint or you know any, any other derivative distro can. No, that's not correct at all. It's strictly the jurisdiction. It's strictly where the server is based, and the person yeah. downloading it assumes the liability, the legal responsibility, the legal liability for what's been done. It has nothing to do with whether or not it's an individual or a corporation. They both are susceptible to the same laws and beholden to the same laws. It's it's got nothing to do with that. Yeah, it's, it's to do with pa- patents and. Um... <laughs> And well, yes, yeah, do with patents, what oh, no, it's has patents do with or, and things like that, and do restrictions. Yeah, do restrictions, but partly it's to do with patents. What countries have patents? So, well, that's one example. Is that obviously other codecs and so on? But obviously, USA has patents. Japan has patents. So, actually, what Mint did as well, they uh, for magazines. Or I've seen it in the past anyway. They, they had like a version, so they could like give out in Japan where they have patents I think the Amer- uh, USA as well without any of the codecs and so on pre-installed has anyone else seen that before? Yeah they have a, a thing on their um, on their website there's a cinnamon version and cinnamon no codex version which they describe as one for magazines companies and distributors in the US, Japan and countries where the legalisation allows patents to apply to software and distribution of restricted technologies that may require the acquisition of third-party licenses. <gasps> okay, before we uh, okay. get tied up in the debate, can Soundchaser, you had a question? We can come back to the MP3 debate later on. Yeah, Poby, I was going to say, part of what I, I kind of take your point on this is that um, you, you, you feel that uh, part of what may be an, at issue is that uh, Mint needs to actually maybe be more of a gatekeeper in terms of... Um, maybe at least vetting the problems that their users are reporting and then actually kind of handling those and maybe reporting those upstream when it's appropriate or dealing with them more themselves so that that actually removes some of the the extra burden that Canonicals may be taking on. I'm not sure what the solution is there The uh, uh, from, from the support angle. I mean, if you hang out in the Linux Mint IRC channel, it, you know, it's pretty quiet. Um, and, and the same goes for elementary OS. Both of these are derivatives that have, you know, they have a, a very popular. Yeah, they've got a lot. They've got a lot of users. They've got a, a wide user base. They're popular distros, and I can completely see why both of them are, you know, quite popular. Um, but you know, we in Ubuntu, we've had a support infrastructure in place for a very long time, and people know about it. And because they know that those derivatives are based on Ubuntu, when the IRC channels or whatever support mechanism they've tried fails them, you know, by you know nobody responding within a five-minute window or whatever their expectations are, they fall back to going to the Ubuntu uh, um, support infrastructure. And what you don't see too often is people going to the Ubuntu support infrastructure, not getting an answer, and then going to Debian. That doesn't tend to happen in the same way that it does with Mint and elementary users coming to Ubuntu support. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Very very Uh, much, very much. um, So 
I think if I can just summarize here, and I'm not trying to in any way um, diss either projects because I think they're both valid. I think Mint is falling between uh, pillar and post here, that it's it's not an Ubuntu derivative, and yet it is, uh, yes, it is on the other hand. So, um, and now faced with the popularity up until now it hasn't been that much of an issue but faced with the popularity it is causing a, sig- uh, a significant drain on on canonicals resources would that be correct or am i putting words in your mouth again i i wouldn't i wouldn't put it like that i wouldn't say that they're causing a significant drain on resources i think i would no oh, hang on a minute yeah it's it i don't know it's 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 a, a tough it's a one because they're not a uh, wicket as they yeah. say they're not a they're not a, a derivative like uh, K, I don't know like any of the other ones are. Well, they are no official derivative. No. They are a derivative. They are derivative. They're not a respin. But not an official yeah. canonical recognized one. And also, they're not really a proper fork of a distro either. Like I was saying earlier, because they haven't they haven't took all the packages from Ubuntu and just and put them in their own repos and so on. They're just they're basically just using Ubuntu repos for most of it, like we said earlier, and that's the whole discussion was about as well. So in oh, that sorry. sense, they're not like a proper fork either. But yeah, they're unofficial, they're based on Ubuntu, and um, there's something else I want to say about Unity, and I might as well do it now, but Popey wasn't here now, I think, unless he came back. I am back. Like, what, oh, you are back, right. Well, sorry, can I, I just can I just finish off um, no, no, what Ken said? Um, so, Ken... Um, I wouldn't say they're making a significant drain on resources, but you know, they, it, it's, it's. I think it's just I would rather Mint were a team player. I think I feel like they, it, we would all benefit if they did, you know, put their packages in the Debian or Ubuntu archive, and you know, became a, a, a somewhat more, um, you know. Uh, contributing member of the community, like all the other flavors are. That's... So either either one either become part of the Ubuntu project or start their own project uh, independent and contribute uh, patches back like a normal uh, upstream. Uh, yeah, maybe upstream, that or, downstream relationship. Or, or yeah, or have that similar you know um, separate archive. You know that that's an option as well. But you know these are things that I'm sure are being discussed between Clem and. And you know the relevant people in Ubuntu, although probably yeah, not right, right now over Christmas. I was well, well, very surprised to hear you say that the the bandwidth usage on the repository servers is the smallest part of the concern. Is that is that an opinion, or is that is an uh, Ubuntu statement that's been made? Do you, well, I suspect. Well, I, I, you know, I personally, I believe that Mint has an order of magnitude fewer users than. Ubuntu, and an order of magnitude fewer users than people think it does. The 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 popularity of Mint on in the um, echo Distro chamber Watch. of the internet, which includes DistroWatch, yes, um, I I think makes Mint look a lot more popular than it really is. I, yeah, um, DistroWatch would be the first to admit that it's page rankings. So oh. yeah, okay. Let's, let's be clear. And the other, that. the other thing is that the vast the the archive. Don't forget that the archive we have a, a, a chunky build infrastructure. You know, we have if you go to launchpad.net slash I think it's slash builders or something, you can see you know a list of all the boxes that we have that build uh, for 
uh, x86, um, 32-bit, 64-bit, ARM HF, PowerPC. Um, and it's not cheap for us to run all of that. And the 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 mirrors are mostly uh, third parties who donate their bandwidth, which is why I say, you know, the bandwidth for the mirrors is probably not a big issue because they're not run by us. They're run by contributors and they're probably not an issue as a second point because um, I don't think Mint makes that much of a dent in the bandwidth on the archive. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Now, Personal uh, opinion, of course. We, we, well, we got a New Year's Eve here before we do go any further. We've actually the end of the show. Yeah, we have. Small regions of USA. Actually, you know what, Don Chaser, you've been here the whole time. Why don't you finish it off? Oh, I'll let you finish it off, and then uh, I can, can kick I just, off Old Lang Syne after. All right. Let's get a point in no for it. about uh, Bantu and... Ken, you'll have to no, no, no. music stream. There's Baker's Island, Howard Island, uh, and I, I guess those are U.S. territories. So, Happy New Year's. Just tell me, man. Go ahead. Happy New Year. Unmuted. Okay, let's do a new topic, topic guys. guys. I'm impressed, I'm impressed you, guys, you guys have uh, run, run for so long. So, so, so what's up? I don't know what's up. I don't know what's up. Weird. He's weird. Should all, Should all the questions be for forgot? forgot. Uh, okay, okay. I got the, I got the volume in Yeah, it was, yeah, it was definite, definite, so it wouldn't, so wouldn't echo, echo, echo that mute too. too. I'm muted for a second. Well, now's an excellent opportunity to sing the free song for a song. <laughs> Do you only put that on when I'm here? Just because you know I don't like it. <laughs> no, he does it all. Freedom the time. hater, Pokey. Freedom hater. Yeah. Thanks very much for uh, coming on. Really appreciate it. Actually, That's good fun. while while we're waiting for this, I'd like to miss do my traditional to try and thank everybody and fail miserably. Yeah. Uh, like to thank Kevin Wisher, Corber Two, John the Nice Guy, Reiki, K Five Tux, John the Nice Guy, Russ and TLLTS for providing um, mirrors for today's show. Yeah, even uh, Crayon. QD Next Stream is Crayons, yeah, I believe. Crayon as well. So uh, basically everybody who put all a lot of effort into getting this thing up and running, really appreciate it. Yeah, did Tilts ever come back up today? I, I had understood that their uh, provider went down for a large day. It's up now. There's four streams on. Yeah, I'd like to thank Sound Chaser for being here for the whole thing. Big thanks. And, oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Let's try unmuting it again and see what happens. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, doesn't see you working, you working. I give up. I guess we're not going to get it. I don't know what happened. Give me a minute. I'll, I'll uh, find the, uh, the text and, and uh, post it into the pad. Oh, I don't know if I'm up for singing "Old Lang Syne." Yeah, so it's it's interesting, Popey, the way you've talked about this because to me it sounded like, you know, the the uh, the first acceptable solution that came to my mind was to do like a CentOS thing where they take the branding out, they recompile, and they host it themselves, and then, you know, that that should cure all of the canonical complaints, but I like your idea that they're, they just upstream instead and, and, you know, get along better. Cause that's, I 
always prefer cooperation to, uh, I don't know, I guess diversification, maybe you call it, or, or forking. So that's, yeah. I, I like your answer there a lot. And, it, and it's worked for the others. You know, look at uh, the most recent um, additions to the Ubuntu family are Lubuntu and uh, the GNOME remix. And it's it's worked for them. We now have a, you know, a GNOME, a, a virgin GNOME shell derivative, if that's what you want. If you like the Ubuntu archive and also prefer GNOME Shell over any of the other desktops, then, yeah, knock yourself out with that. Similar with Mint. You know, if you prefer Cinnamon, but like the stability of an LTS, then, you know, that would be a great option to have, like a Minty Buntu or whatever you want to call it. Um, that, I think that would be great too. I don't know. I've got it working now. Woohoo! One of us needs to pick the unmute. Pokemon. You do it, Ken. Happy 2014 everywhere. Yep, just happy 2014. There we go. Yeah, ha- uh, happy New Year, happy 2014. Happy everywhere. 2014 everywhere. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. 
HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All BinRev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.